Recorders are expensive. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, they had four hundred dollar ones of these, you know, the, this company. Like this was like the cheap end. Okay. Okay. So, so we pointed out Lachara that this idea that a person goes like automatically gets married, he knows what he's doing, he's going into curl. What is curl about? What well, that that's, that's a mistake. Well, I call Haredi Nosli Nikra Avrech. It's possible to argue that every person who gets married will will give him the title of Avrech. Uh, well, who loy be Avrech be Emes? Darga shall Avrech. That's the title which we give for a member of a Karlo. Is an Avrech. He darga gavoya. And a kesh is ayade omorav. It's a title which you have to earn. Mikhana Kabbalah lo elam Avrechus hu oruch mekasha. The the test that you have to pass to join is a long process. Not everybody passes the test. So it takes a lot of thought, uh, dedication, and but it requires being consistent and being responsible. Okay. Um Ani Ishish Ishish Ishit. I mean this I can't do without in the in the in the Ivris. It just doesn't sound right. <laughs> right. So personally, Koseva Shurot, Lomidaber Mimokam Gaboy, I'm not talking speaking from a high place. Mimroime Hamer Pesis, Hamashkiva Alanoshimata, this high port looking out down below. So, um, I get, don't get any stars. Right? Next to my name. Asterisk. I'm learning a curl. Um, they're written ben asmanim, etc. Not during this month. Hayismodius behen oisik hasefer shalafenim merisli. I mean, the issue hayismodius are the issue the issue that a person has to, to, to grapple with, the issue the challenges that people have. So mukherisli hayimin yisyon hayishi hayimin yisyon hayoshim amikipim personal challenges, and from what I've learned from people around me. It's not a simple sefer of the madrich. It's a sefer shituf. It was given over as a group. It was put out in a, in a, uh, like a newspaper. And totally uh, fine. Fine. So that's the, his introduction to the sefer. Um, Niftach b'tiur t'munas matzav mukeres. Bachur tzair ben esrim be'achas. Bachur twenty years old. Bavir brisa nesum b'shaltabu mitzlachas. Gets married. Humisater b'frak. He wears his kapata. Chorokti usvivoi utzilei tizmarut machrishat esnayim. They dance around him with a band which makes you your ears go deaf. Neshech shavu alachar mikein mekalsin usay kechel migdali hodor. Then for the next week, they they Pasha talk about him as if he was a god of Lazor. 
after this one week of happiness, he starts actually believing what they say about him. Ha euphoria, yeah, yeah, that's a good Hebrew word over there. It it breaks on the rocks of the reality, the cruel reality. He's a simple, regular guy. Um, you can't not easy to get into a kerlo. He's one of tens of thousands. What he's offering uh, uh, to learn, like you know, there's nobody exactly looking after for his 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 version. He learned for five years in Shiva seriously. He's not the only one. Um, they're willing to pay a good price to, to, that he should marry their daughter. That's, that's the past. Now there's responsibilities as opposed to getting cheshivas, etc., and getting money. Keep the story, be a good husband and good father, leave the parnosa, the cheshman, the cheshmal, the He has to keep, pay the taxes, pay the electricity bill. He's got to take the kids to the doctor, the children, while he's keeping story and learning well. Without any, any COVID along the way. Doesn't sound very pretty, right? right? There's nothing to keep you. There's no cupboard to keep you going. Right? Cupboard is worth a lot of money. Um, the biggest round cupboard is worth a, lot of, worth a lot of money. The people pay thousands and thousands of dollars for cupboard. They, they buy a house which is beyond what they can afford because they want the cupboard of the house or the, or the car or the clothing. Or uh, people spend their whole life running after cupboard. So it, it, clearly, it's worth a lot of money. Uh, which means that what is covered? Covered is the recognition of value that a person has. Everyone needs to know that they're valuable. Chatzel, I heard from Rebaron Stein, the Pesach Stein's son. So Pesach was in Shanghai. So Chatzel was with the island in Shanghai. So he, he, one time he said a lashon and says every person needs a leftful of covered every day. He needs a spoonful of covered, a spoonful of sugar. You know, right? That's Mary Poppins, but. The Picasso said a person needs a life full of COVID every day. Every person needs a spoonful of COVID. So what does he mean? He needs the budget that they should bow current him. People need to know that they're valuable. People need to know that they have a cheshivas to them and they're, they're, they're significant. So uh, sometimes that comes very easy. A person is taka, stands out in some way. He's a mitsuyan. He stands out, you know, so people recognize that. And he feels good about the fact that people recognize that. He's not, that's not a chasorim. In a person, that's the mm-hmm. that's that's the nature of a person. He needs to know that he's valuable. So the, the challenge which we have of the the, the the door of Torah nowadays is, like I pointed out, when I when I when I, when I got married, um, 
before I got married, when I was a bocher, there used to be Kinnis in in, in Borough Park, Kolomoid, Pesach, and Kolomoid Sukkot. So all of the, basically, all of the B'nai Torah of the, the Tri-State area would come together, and the Guru would sponsor, they would have, the Ramosha would speak, or Bakta would speak, or Gifter spoke one time, you know. It's a nice big room, there's a thousand people in the room, and that was it. That was the B'nai Torah. I, I, I spent like a half as month in Lakewood in 1977. The yeshiva, there's only one yeshiva in Lakewood in those days, and the yeshiva and the kolo was a thousand people. Total. Was that before Beis This is before Beis there, there was one building. There was one building, and that was it. There wasn't even the, the, the new, you know, there wasn't nothing across the street. There was nothing attached to it. There was the old, the space Beis you know, upstairs and downstairs. And there was a thousand people, and that was it. That was Lakewood. Nowadays, you know, so, yeah, so a person, Rashid used to always tell us, Rashid used to be to us that we should wear ties. Because in those days, business people used to wear ties. He says, you know less chashem than a business person. You're a gifter. So, you know, when, when like, you're not less chashem than, than, than an executive, I mean, you're, you're the leader of Klai Yisrael. It, it was easy to believe that you're leader of Klai Yisrael when all, the grand total of, the, of us was, you know, 2,000 people. Between what you had in the New York area when you, and then you added in, you know, what was in Cleveland and what was in Chicago what was in Detroit and what was in Denver and was Los Angeles you had all together you had 2,000 people you know there's 2,000 people sitting over in Tehran so okay so you're talking you know extraordinary most people weren't doing that fast forward 50 years later right, right this is from 1970 to 50 years later 45 years later I'm talking 1975 so 45 years later and there's Baruch Hashem there's 100 there's 100,000 people doing it at this point from two to uh, yeah. two hundred, right. so you're one of a hundred thousand people. So you're not so hush. <laughs> you know, you're the elite of Klai Yisrael. I mean, what else? You know, you do the same everybody else does. In those days, there was Bachar and Macharim Yeshiva came from from Frum homes, finding their parents to be in Yeshiva. It was still a fight. There was parents who wanted the kids to go to college. You know, you can't stay in Yeshiva. You got to go 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 to college. Not even in Yisrael, but straight college. You know. Or at least, you know, you'll learn, you go, you'll, you'll, you'll be in New York, you'll be in Terbadaz, you know, you'll, you'll go to college. You'll like, but that, that, to sit in yeshiva, like, you know, you could just sit and learn, they were fine the parents. It was my son, my son in the 60s, Motel was in New York, Motel Katz was in New York. There was a book who was fighting with his parents, he was at the sit and learn. And the father basically told the child, if he doesn't go to college, it's going to cut him off his university. Yeah. A little while there, Motel was in New York. Yeah. For some, uh, you know, some meeting, uh, maybe it's a chasta. I remember this father came over to Ramat and said, "Shalom aleichem to him." So Ramat was like this. Also, they stuck him with Russia. You're cutting your child off because he wants to sit and learn. That, that's what the from Yid means. You're going to cut off your kid in Russia because the guy wants to sit and learn. Like, he, he refused to look at him. Okay, that's what they were dealing with in the '60s, in the '70s. You know, like so, a person was sitting and learning. He was talking decision. You know, it, was, it wasn't just memeila. Nowadays, like, why should the guy feel good about himself? So, so how does so the guy feel good? And and he's supposed to put in a tremendous amount of hours. He's not cautious enough that he's the, like, the Mitsuya and is going to get a Stella, and people notice him, wow, he's such a good guy. He's an average guy, he sits alone seriously, etc. 
And like, you know, uh, nobody gives him any cheshivas. So what's going to keep him going? Gelt hotenisht. Right? Kobel hotenisht. So why is he doing it? He's doing it because he wants it. He really wants it. That's the challenge. Right? But, you know, as a person goes, goes along, that becomes more and more challenging. In the beginning, a person says, yeah, yeah, Baruch Hashem, I'll around a year or two, sit and learn seriously. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twenty, thirty, you know, this is really, you know. Thirty years later, the guy's still sitting and learning. He has, he has no mustella, he's no cover, nobody knows. He walked into a serious guy, the guy's in the cuddle, you know, think he's serious, he says this word, they listen to him, and that's about it, you know. Nobody else knows he exists. So what's keeping the guy going? So that's the challenge, the real challenge of the Kabbalah is this idea that a person learns because he really understands the Hashivas of what he's doing to the point that he can keep going without any outside motivation. Uh, and, and it's scary to think about how much we tend to be totally an outside motivation. Uh, you know, you, you, there's, it, 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 the internal motivation lasts, but it wears out. There's things pulling at you. There's responsibilities, there's challenges, etc. And eventually the point is, you know, you know, it's hard to keep going. But eventually... We learned that from the corona test. Staying at home. Right. Right. Nobody notices you. Nobody knows you. You're doing it. Nobody else in the world. Just you. The extreme example, the other end of it, um, Rebaran's story about, you know, his song, the Mamat Mirgeschicht. Right? You guys never was there to Rebaran's Motsi and Kippur Right? Right? So one of the songs that Rebaran would sing about the Motsi Yom Kippur Suda, Rebaran has, you know, the idea that the Motsi Yom Kippur, you're going to just stop and leave. There's a Seder leader. Right? Yeah, there's a Koshim Suda, covered in the day. Rebaran would speak. Besides speaking, we used to sing a few, there's a few, the good and we would sing. So one of them was a song, the song, Rebaran Shapiro, from Baltimore, Zichel Brochem, was a Lomja Talmud, he wrote a book, a fellow published called Go My Son. Have you ever seen it? At least, have you read it or not? So in that book, he has a story that he was, he was in one of the Siberian labor camps. And um, it's Shabbos, and his job was he had to ride a horse and go around from the different parts of the camp. It was very spread out, it was miles and miles apart, to deliver letters. To the to the headquarters, no, you know, messages. So uh, he's going along, and he hears a person sing, singing Shabbos singers. and it's, it's like it's it's a middle it's a severe labor camp. So he looks around, and he sees off to the side. There's a fellow over there with hair, long hair, beard, unkempt, looks like a mess, singing beautiful beautiful voice singing Shabbos music. So he approaches the fellow, and the fellow turns off and refuses like, to talk to him. So he's trying to convince the person that he's from Yid, you know. So finally he cops, he has his tefillin in his saddlebag, because he wouldn't leave his tefillin behind. So he goes out and he shows the person the tefillin. The person saw that, I mean, obviously. So the person starts crying. He says, he's been here... I think it's a 10 years, or whatever the number was. And he doesn't have tefillin. And the Russian finally sends him tefillin. It's on Shabbos. 
where where are you stationed? You know, where were you? I'm, I'm, this is it, it, it's it was you get shot if you leave that each section of the camp. He says, Minister Gay, where are you? She tells him. He says the next morning at like three something in the morning, he, he feels somebody, you know, touching him. The fellow came to put on the film. So they became, the, you know, you know, spoke to each other. He says fellow, he's been in camp for like ten years. He hasn't been Michal Shabbos. How do you do it? He says the Russians very superstitious. Even with the communists, they're super superstitious, and they had a thing about. Madman. They thought madman was like a divine spark. So he made himself look like a man, a Meshuggah man. So he looked uncamped, he wore long hair, beard, etc. And they left him alone, wherever he wants. But he hasn't spoken to a soul. Nobody speaks to him. He hasn't spoken to a soul for 10 years. And he was he was uh, keeping Shabbos, learning Torah, seeing his mirrors. So he told Chaim Shapiro, "It's a payment for the, the, the every day that that the country was, was was stationed there. He would come early in the morning and uh, put on the film. He says, as the payments, I want to teach you a thing. Yiddish nigan. So Yiddish nigan basically goes." So there's a, there's a Hebrew part to it, but the Yiddish Nigan basically goes, the Mama is, is, is in, in Kabbalah Swarm, the, the Shkina refers to as Imo. So the Mama Hatmirgashik, the, the Shkina sent me to this world, Nisilach to fly, but to gather, gather nuts. The, the, the tree that the nuts grow on is very, very tall. And I didn't know if I could do it. I didn't know if my nephew has the ability to accomplish to, to, to climb those trees. So it's a beautiful, it's a, it's a, it's a haunting nigan. So Kaim Shapiro has the, has, the, has the story with the nigan in the Savior. But um, eventually this yid made it out to Eretz Israel. And the Baron heard the nigan from this, this yid. So the nigan describes the person himself. It's an alta Yiddish nigan. It wasn't his. He didn't compose it. But if this person sat for ten years all by himself, so where did he get it from? He recognized that she was what he was doing. He said, "That's the rest of the place looks like he's a mashuga. Right? Like he's totally, he's totally worthless to, to give any regard to." And it didn't make a difference to him. But that's not why you do something. You do something because we innovate and that's what you want to do. Right? But that's an extraordinary Madrid. There's one more Madrid, just a Rizosalanter, Rokatsal, you know, here's in Shanghai, besides the. It's interesting, you see from the, just the, that he felt that he sort of Christ to raise the spirits of the Tamidim to keep them going, you know. You know, you're in Shanghai, you're in the middle of nowhere, you know. You don't know what's happened with your family, you're never going to see them again. Most of them never saw their families again. But, you know, they didn't know what was happening. And uh, the, the, the poverty was good for them. And they needed to be mechuzik. So he said, we're mices. So one of the mices he said was a mice. He 
said about your Sisalanta, your Sisalanta made a decision, originally his original plan was to be an Easter, like your Pierce of Zundel, like his Rebbe. Then he you know, came to this point in life, he came to the recognition that, that you know, that's not what the Russian wanted to do, and he became, you know, he, he put himself out there. But before that happened, he was planning to be an Easter, so he prepared himself for that, that role in life. So he did, two th- he did two things to prepare himself for that. First of all, he learned how to compress his Rusosolanter's davening into a davening, which looks like you know, like the Balagolo sits in the back, you know, you know, quick, you know, no emotion, etc. That should be a, a real davening, but not be recognizable as such. The second thing is that he memorized all of Shas word for word from Rashi Toysus, so he should never be seen with a safer. So he looks like an Amart, so people will not know who he is, and they'll leave him alone. He can focus on the Baruch Hashem. So I'm reading this Maisa. There's a Sefer Yad Yecheskel, a person who was with Chatzel in Shanghai, one of the Talmudim, put, like, put out like a, a short verse on the Parsha that he said and, and stories in the back. So I'm reading this story. I say to myself, if I knew Shas Balpeh, I would want you to know. You know, I, now you can't tell you Verish, you know, I know Shas Balpeh, big sign. You know. Placard, you know, I know Shas Balpeh. But there's ways of doing it, you know. You know, the person mentions Gemara, yeah, yeah, oh, I'm a Lachis, you know, I know if it's towards the bottom, you know, like, you know, uh, you know, there's ways of doing it if you need to, you know. But he, he wanted the opposite. Because you recognize that the real covenant is, that is in the eyes of a Kodesh Your value is the Russian thinks you're valuable. The Russian created you. Obviously, he thinks you're worthwhile because he put you in this world. If he didn't think you were worthwhile, he wouldn't put you here, or he wouldn't keep you here. So, you want to know where Kabbalah comes from? It comes from Kabbalah's border. It comes from doing his rights. And so therefore, what everyone else thinks about you really is a total waste of time. Because the Russian's happy with you, good. And if he's not, the Gansalot can think you're well, who cares? What does that help? So, he, pushed, he wasn't, it was, it was Bechlal not, you know, Yes, if anything, the Shir Das right someplace he says, you know, COVID is Pasha, it's a distraction. Think about what other people, whether people value you or not, it's a distraction. You value yourself. If you know that you're valuable, you know you're valuable. Not, people tell you you're valuable the whole time, it's not going to help you. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a bottomless, bottomless pit. So, you, but, the, but the root of value is, 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 is internal. And if anything else, it's just pushing. But, but the reality is that that uh, it's very challenging. So this is this, this is going to be one of the the, the, the real myth of, of, of commitment to learning is if a person can learn to have to have the chashivas be said way, I know I'm doing something of great value, and whatever else thinks about me, they think I'm a good learner, not a good learner. It's pushing irrelevant as long as I myself know what I'm doing and the value of what I'm doing.